welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. I don't know what you've been through or what it took you just to get here today, but that truth that we just declared is something that can give you hope. That He is good that he will get you through any storm in life because that is the God that we serve. So incredibly faithful with no matter what we face. To be able to worship that together in this moment, to hear your voices declare it. See, worship, it it can get confusing sometimes, but really it's just describing worth and value to something. So as we're in this space, we're not applauding a performance, we're praising the God. We are praising the God of the universe that loves us so much and so desperately that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. That's what we're celebrating. So as we cheer, as we raise hands, we are just surrendering to the most powerful, the most unbelievable and the most beautiful God who died for us so that we can have eternal life. This is just the beginning. Oh, thank you for joining us today. My name is TJ. If I hadn't had the opportunity to meet you yet, I'm so thankful that we can connect that we can spend this time together. And as you go ahead and grab a seat, feel free to say hi to some people around you, air high five, a little wave, little nod, whatever helps you out, and make yourselves comfortable. How's everybody doing this morning? We good? Man, appreciate it, Ty. Can we give Ty a shout out here? He goes to school here at Horlick, so it's awesome to have students being a part of what happens here on a Sunday. What kid wants to come to high school on their day off? His brother's in the back too, making the tech team possible as well, working with our team back there. Shout out to Jaden. Woo, well I'm excited to be here this morning. This has been fun already. And you know, it's always fun when you're worshiping and you can just feel the presence of God and you got tears running on your face and you gotta come up here, all right? Who's up next week? That's Melissa, she'll be preaching next week. But I'm just so honored that we get to spend this time together. Um, We've kicked off last week, was our official relaunch being back in Horlick. And then technically either next week or the week following, it's been so crazy the last couple of years, but it'll be our second birthday as a church. So we got to relaunch and we're coming up on two years. So we'll be kicking off a brand new series next week too, which is gonna be a whole lot of fun. But today, um, God has put a a word on my heart that I feel is gonna be something to help everybody in this space. Whether you've been in a relationship with Jesus for a long time, a short time, or today might be that day you make that decision. Um, But I also believe that God, he'll give you things in in this message and he'll speak to your heart in ways to help give you guidance for your week. Because following Jesus is more than a Sunday. We got Monday through Saturday to get through And instead of getting through it, God wants to allow you to enjoy the ride, to find joy in your circumstances. So we're going to be in Mark 5, actually Mark 4. We'll get to 5. We'll start with Mark 4, give you an opportunity to open the Bible. If you haven't been with us before, maybe uh, people have shared about the Bible, maybe you felt intimidated to open the Bible, but we always like to share here to let you know about the Bible, because it's not something to be intimidated by. It's not a rule book that tells you all the things you have to do in order for God to love you. It's not something that's gonna make you feel awful and terrible because it's all the things you're not doing. It is a love story about this incredible God who sent his son Jesus to die for us. The fact that our mistakes separated us from God, but him sending Jesus allows us that platform to step back into relationship with God directly, and this is that story. 
And in Mark 5, I'm going to read verse 35. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. You say that with me, go over to the other side. Go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you're here today. We thank you that your presence is felt in Holy Spirit. I pray that you would help me get out of the way and whatever you have to say, whatever message, whatever words you have for people in this room, online, or maybe in the future, you have a plan and you know how you're working all things for your good. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. And if you're taking notes, the title of this message is Row Your Boat. Row Your Boat. Anybody remember that song? Row, row, row your boat. Oh, merrily, merrily. Now you start. Row, row, row your boat gently down the street. No, no. Hey, sixth grade, bringing back some memories when I was in choir. I do not sing well. That's when they let everybody in. But that song, I love that everybody just started singing that because that's what you would do. You know, you would do, what do they call that? The wave or the roll or something. But everybody starts singing it and then everybody's singing it at different spots and you're just like, oh, this is awesome. Well, good. Now you're going to be singing that song to yourself all week long. Row your boat. We actually had the opportunity to row our boat recently, which was really cool. I think I got a photo. Is there a photo? There we are on the rapids. And uh, we were on a brief trip before we got into the relaunch phase of things, but we got to row our boats. Look at the joy on the faces of those kids. We're going down the rapids. I had a blast. We went down the lower level. I'm not, we didn't go on any crazy rapids, okay? I'll tell you the excuses because our kids were too young. Because they were. You couldn't go on the high one yet. But I feel like we just need to work our way into that anyways, right? We'll get there someday. But man, we had such a blast in this opportunity to row our boats. And all five of us in there just navigating these waters. And I love it because Malachi, that's, my, that's our littlest guy right there in the middle. You can kind of see his smile with his eyes closed. You'll also notice that he did not have an oar in his hands. He was like, that's cool, I don't need one. I'm just gonna hang out. But he was really good at giving orders. <laughs> but it was so much fun to see our team, in this case, our family, which we call ourselves the Poisel Squad, working together to make sure that we stayed straight. And it was such a good time, and the memory that we have from it is something we're like, all right, we got to do this again. And as they get older, we will go on the bigger rapids, because that will be a blast. But it made me think about this verse, this verses that I just read for you, for you in Mark 4, 35 to 36. Because I'm going to paint the picture for you on what's happening here. Okay, so Jesus has been teaching on the shore all day. He's been teaching in parables, which are stories to allow people to gain some insight to what he's speaking about. Not everybody understands all the time, but then he would explain them to his disciples. But people had also heard about this Jesus, and they just had to get close to him because they heard he had been healing people. So anybody was sick, ailing, like people that were hurting, they were all coming to Jesus so that they could find healing. And he was healing them all day long. Man, some of you go to work. Imagine going to work all day long and people just wanting stuff from you, wanting stuff from you, wanting stuff from you. Parenthood. But here's Jesus this whole entire day and he has just been blessing people. And he has been healing people. 
And he has been teaching his disciples because he's trying to raise people up to know about not only his identity, but the purpose that they have in their lives. And at the end of the day, it's been a long day, and he's like, all right, it's time for us to get in the boat and go to the other side. It's time for us to move out of here and leave the crowds behind. It's a funny thing with crowds. We all have different crowds. We all have these different people in our lives that will tell us, here's what we need to do. The world is a crowd. It'll tell you the way that you're supposed to think. Watching too much news of any platform, try to sway your opinion. Like we've got crowds in our ears all the time trying to tell us the way that we need to live our lives. And this truth that Jesus is sharing right here is like, look, don't get too caught up in the crowd. Because if I tell you to go somewhere, you have to be willing to leave it. Because the crowds can be really cozy. The crowds can be very nice. And I think we can relate to some of these people in the crowds. What I really enjoy about the Bible is, as I study it, and you read the New Testament. The New Testament begins with the four Gospels. The Gospels means good news, and it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So a lot of the stories there are in parallel with one another. Some details might be different, which is awesome, because if all of us experience the exact same thing and we're asked to write it down, our details would be slightly different. So we're reading through Mark 4 and some of 5 today, but you can also find this same story in Matthew 8 and Luke 8. And that's how I know about the fact that he was not only prophesying, but he was also healing people. But as Jesus is doing this thing, we've got to get away and get away from the crowds, some people approach Jesus with some questions. Sorry, my, my device went to sleep on me. Hopefully you're not, though. You like that? That was a good segue? All right. So I'm going to continue on here in Matthew 8, 19 to 20. And a guy comes up to Jesus and he says, then, then teacher, this is after he said, let's go to the other side. A teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. What he's saying to this man is, look, I want you to come with me, but the road ahead might be a little rough, might be a little choppy. Following Jesus, we're never going to sugarcoat it. Like, we will be tested, but the joy that comes through it is so incredible. So he's letting them know, look, it's not going to be comfy and cozy. We're not staying at the Ritz or the Holiday Inn. I start rapping a song there in my head. <laughs> but he's letting them know, like, we don't know where we're going to stay tomorrow, but I believe that God will continue to provide for us. And some of us find ourselves like we're kind of in the crowd and we're seeing Jesus and we think it's really cool and we're asking questions about it. And it's like, oh, you're expecting that of me? Okay. I was about to come, but you know, like I got something to do. And then after he steps away, someone else walks up to him. And this is another disciple. Word for disciple is a student. So this is someone who's been following Jesus and trying to learn from him. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own. Like, oh, that's harsh, Jesus. You can't even go to the funeral? He wasn't dead yet. It was like, he's feeling very sick. He's kind of old. So I think I just need to stay here for a while. And then once he's dead, then I'll do it. Anybody ever been there? I got all this going on in my life. Jesus, I really want to come with you, but I got to just, can I figure this out first? 
He's like, look, if you just sit there where you're at right now and I'm calling you to go somewhere else, you're going to find yourself just doing nothing. You're going to find no hope and no purpose. You're just sitting there like, all right, well, I guess I'm waiting on this thing to happen. I promise you once that thing happens, there'll be another thing. There'll be another barrier. There'll be some other excuse or some other reason for you to say, I'm not going to follow Jesus. I'd rather just chill in the crowd because it's real comfy here. Real cozy in this little bubble. With a whole lot of people thinking the same things I'm thinking, feeling the same things I'm feeling. I love that about Jesus. He's not sugarcoating anything. He's saying, look, there's a cost to following me. But I'm telling you today, that cost is worth it. And we get to read about these stories. And, and here's some other people in the crowd that will really get you. There's the people in the crowd that you know, that care about you. And you tell them about Jesus and what he's called you to do. Like, hey, I'm about to go follow him. They're like, what? You're crazy. And then you might feel a little crazy. But I like to feel a little crazy. It's good to step out and be a little different, to look different than other people think differently than other people. So here's an example, Mary and Jesus' brothers. And this is in Luke 18, 19 to 21. Luke 8, 19 to 21. Did I say that right? I don't know. You know, it's up there. But Mary comes, which is Jesus' mom, and bringing his brothers, which are all his half-brothers. They're like, hey, your family's here. And this might seem like a diss too, because he's like, hey, my mothers and brothers are those that are living out their faith. He's not saying he doesn't love them or care about them, but if you read through the Bible, all of his half-brothers thought he was crazy. Which is even cooler, because when you read James in the New Testament, that's his half-brother at the time who thought he was crazy. So they're coming to Jesus like, man, what are you doing? What are you here trying to teach these people? And there's people in the crowd that are going to try to pull you back. They're going to try to talk down about what you believe and where you're headed and what you're doing. But when Jesus calls you to something, you've just got to have that confidence to go. And for Jesus right then to, to even say, like, my mother and brothers are those following out the will of God, the purpose of God and what he has for my life. We're included in that when we say yes to where he calls us. So this is a question we have to ask ourselves. Who am I following? Who am I following? Am I following Christ or the crowd? Because Jesus says, it's time for us to pack up, get into the boat, and dip out. I'm, I'm just letting that sit. I don't feel like it's awkward. There's some good times to rest and attention. Because this is a question that I want us to all seriously reflect on. Who am I following? Who are the influences in our lives? You can call it the crowd or you can call it a person. You can call it a business. You can call it a job. You can call it even your kids. There are some things that are good in your life. We're not saying that there's not, but there's something greater, and that's Jesus. So we have to ask ourselves, who am I following? So they get into this boat. You ready to see what happens next? You excited because all of us in here are like, yes, we've left the crowd behind and we're getting into the boat. Let's go. I'm ready to row my boat. I'm not going to do that motion, though. There was a different time I got a gif made about me rowing a boat. So I will not give the pleasure of that today. 
Some people remember that. Others of you that don't, I hope you don't see it. But here's what happens next in Mark 4, 37 and 38. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? So wait a second, Jesus said to get in the boat, let's go. I get in the boat and now we're in a storm. Some of you decided to follow Jesus. You're like, why do these storms keep hitting me right now? Why is this happening? Jesus, where are you at? Where'd you go? I'm following you and now I'm in a storm. And he's sleeping on a cushion. See, what's really funny is that the majority of these disciples, a lot of them, they were actually fishermen. They were fishermen that were used to being out on the water, used to facing storms, and even they were freaked out. And they're panicking of what to do. There's moments in our lives where we feel like we understand what we're doing, and then when the storm hits us, it hits us even more. It's not like you're in the unknown. You're in a circumstance that you think you should be able to understand and to handle, and then when you can't, you start to freak out. And then you get mad at God because you feel as though you followed him into there, so why would he bring you into a storm just to leave you there? Jesus, but Jesus is chilling. He's chilling on a cushion. Jesus is not concerned about your storm. He is confident in the outcome. He is in the storm with you, and he's relaxed on a cushion. But who is in your boat matters. Not only Jesus being in your boat, but the people around you that are in your boat. When I was in the boat with them, I was pumped about it. I know there wasn't a squall hitting us. It wasn't quite as severe. Don't ask my kids that, though. They were like, in it. And you've got Matthew, who's our oldest. He's nine. He's yelling at his brother Micah, who's seven, because, you know, Matthew and I were on one side, so we were kind of going left, so we needed to stop paddling so we could let Melissa and Micah catch up. And then little Malachi's in there, come on, paddle, paddle, without his oar. But it's this adventure, these challenges that you face, and you're trying to figure out, okay, we're trying to head in this direction, and we've all got a row together. Can we face this storm together? But even these fishermen were freaking out. Even these fishermen had no idea what was going to happen, had no idea how they were going to get through this storm. But the way that they approached Jesus is so interesting to me. See, they ask him, don't you care? Jesus doesn't have a problem helping us in our storms, but the posture that we go to him with does matter. When we go at him and, and we start to lose this faith, because here's how he responds to them. It says, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. He rebuked it which some think means that it was an attack from the enemy to try to pull him up off course. Because Jesus, when he rebukes things, he's rebuking the enemy. He is rebuking 
what the enemy is trying to do to overcome and conquer people and circumstances. So the fact that he was rebuking this storm. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. See, Jesus is not afraid of your storm. Could you throw that picture up there for me one more time? Look at that dude in the back. His name is Mick. He was our guide. See how, like, we're smiling, yeah, but you see that look on his face? That was his face the whole entire time. He was not concerned for a second. And when we got into the boat with him, he said, oh, I just got off the high one. So he had been doing all these all day long, storm after storm. And that's the dude's face. It's funny, but I want us to use this illustration as imagine that as Jesus in your boat. Doesn't matter how choppy the waters are, he's been in a bigger storm. Doesn't matter how scared you are, that's his face. I want you to put an image to this because Jesus is laying on a pillow in this boat. And these fishermen would not have been that afraid in just any type of storm. But you need to know, whatever storm you're facing, whatever challenge and difficulty that you are up against, Jesus is in your boat and he is not concerned, he is confident of where he's taking you. And he's just chilling. See, and there is two storms that were really taking place. Yeah, there's this physical storm. But what Jesus was really speaking to is this storm within their hearts, this lack of faith. He turns to them and says, but where is your faith? You just saw me healing all these people on that shore. I was teaching in parables and letting you learn about who I am and what I'm calling you to do. So now when our faith is tested, why is fear coming in again? So the second question we have to ask ourselves is, what am I focused on? What am I focused on? Am I more focused on the fear outside of my boat? Or do I have more faith in who's in it? Am I more afraid of everything that's going on around me? Or do I have faith in Jesus because I know that he is in the boat with me? He will not leave you or forsake you. And he's saying, guys, let's get in this boat to go to the other side. And he's not concerned with the storm. We've got to let our faith grow so we can be in a place where it's like, yeah, this storm is crazy right now. But if Jesus is chilling, I can be chilling too. If he's good in this situation, I can be good too. I don't need to worry about it. It doesn't mean to stop paddling. I'm sure they still had their buckets trying to get all the water out and they're just rowing. Row, row, row the boat. See, but when our strength runs out and we feel like there's no hope in it, we can look at who's in the boat with us and say, okay, but Jesus has got me. He's in the boat with me right now, so even though what I'm doing might not be working out, maybe I ought to put my faith in him and not my own. Have trust in what he's capable of and not my own capabilities. What am I focused on? Am I focused on the fear outside of the boat or do I have faith in who's in it? So they arrive to the shore. It 
And in Mark 5, 1 to 2, it says, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. When they got across, they made it. And it's just like this nonchalant verse. Hey, when they got across, so we might have moved into Mark 5, but it really is just the next sentence in what was being written. Mark is Peter's story, and he's sharing it with Mark, who captures it. So here they are freaking out in this storm. Jesus calms the storm, and it's like, and when we got across. How many storms have you faced, and once you got through it, you look back on it like, that actually wasn't that bad? Or how many storms do you look back on and you forget about? You really have to spend some time, but in the moment, you're freaking out. What is happening? I'm going to die. I'm not going to get through this. How am I going to pay that bill? How am I going to deal with this situation with my kid? I'm not saying those aren't real things, but in the moment, what feels like a squall might be just a little small storm, but we've got to look at who's in our boat with us because here they are. They arrived on the other side. But this is what I love because this man that came up, this demon possessed man, he spotted Jesus and went to him. This is somebody who's been ostracized and outcast from society and this spirit that had been coming after him through the enemy caused him to cut himself and they put him in chains and he's running around naked and he's living in a tomb. A tomb is where they put dead people. And he's being tormented day after day after day. But he sees Jesus arrive on the storm and he just has to get to him. Some of you are feeling tormented day after day after day and you're struggling with things day after day after day and you can see Jesus but for whatever reason you're just not running toward him. Just go to him. Jesus is attractive and Jesus is calling us to him and not in a way that would ever condemn us because there is no condemnation in Christ. But here's where you fit in in this story because they arrive on this shore and as this guy comes up to Jesus, Jesus frees him from these evil spirits. Called himself legion because there were many and he cast them out like that into some pigs. But if you take yourself back to the other side of that storm, take yourself back to the other shore. When Jesus says, get in the boat, we need to go halfway through and sink. Get us through to the other side. There's a storm that you're facing and Jesus is calling you and letting you know that we've got a purpose on the other side, but we're still freaking out in the middle of the storm. There's something in it for you. They were going to the other side for that man's life. The challenges you're facing, the storms you're going through, it might not even be about you, but God wants to use you and your faith and your willingness to continue to follow him to help somebody else. Because here they are on this other shore, and now this man finds freedom. All the people from the town start to roll up. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. And as the people from the town start to come up to look at this man, and in some of the other books, it says that there were two of them. Let's not get caught up on details. I'm just saying it because now if you go back to read the Bible, I don't want you to think, oh, did this really happen? This one person was more vocal, clearly. But there were two people set free that day. 
But as they found this freedom, and as Jesus set them free, now they're sitting, they're dressed. They're in their right mind, and people are coming up like, what just happened? Jesus changes everything. Jesus can meet us in the middle of our storm because he's with us in the storm. And what you're going through in the storms that you're facing might be for someone else. So here's the third question. I'm almost done. But the third question, where am I focused? Where am I focused? Am I focused on the destination God's calling me to or the distractions that are all around me? The disciples lost focus. They started focusing on this storm. They started freaking out and losing faith in the middle of the storm. But if they kept their focus on the destination Jesus has called them to, they would have been able to stay strong in their faith. And this is for someone today to know, like, you can have faith in who Jesus is. He's in the boat with you. Yeah, he's sleeping on a pillow. That doesn't mean he doesn't care. It just means he's confident because he knows where he's called you to. And there's something on the other side. There's a life on the other side of any storm that you face. And it might be the story that you get to tell on how you got through a storm that'll help somebody else get through that same storm. But when we're in the boat, as we think about row your boat, and our minds will first think about us rowing ourselves across. See, but when Jesus is in your boat, we need to allow Jesus to row our boat. Because he will. He'll take you through the storm if he's called you there. But everyone's storms look a little bit different. It's not always the same. And that's why it's important to draw near to God. If you're saying, yeah, but how do I know when he's calling me somewhere or not calling me somewhere? And I'm not trying to confuse anybody anymore, but I want to let you know how this person who was saved on the other shore responded. See, as Jesus was getting into the boat, I'm in Mark 5, 18. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. See, the storms we face, we might have different paths, but the purpose is the same. That Jesus wants to use our story, our storms, to help impact someone else who's facing difficulty and challenges. But to understand what he's calling you to, when do you go, when do you not go? Well, the more that you draw near to Jesus, the more that he'll reveal in our hearts. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to complicate things. Spend time in God's word. Spend time with people who love Jesus that can help encourage you, give you guidance. Because there's some things in our lives right now where you're like, you know what? I just feel more cozy on this shore. I'm going to stay in the crowd. See, I just heard about it. There was a storm they went right into, and I'm cool right here. I like to play it safe. But if Jesus is calling you onto that boat, just know that he's with you. He's saying, follow me. You can follow Christ over the crowd. And when you're in the middle of the storm, don't focus on the fear outside of it. Focus on the faith you can have in who's in the boat with you. 
And we've also got to stay focused on the destination, not the distractions around us. Things are going to come at you to try to pull you off course and try to steer you away from following Jesus. But when we cling to Jesus and know that he has us, he'll get us through that storm. Because he's got a purpose for you on the other side of it. be tough to get into the boat. When God called us to move to Racine to plant Soul Revival Church, that was, that was a boat that was hard to get into. And not because we didn't believe in what God wanted to do, not because we didn't trust in who he was. It was because it was easy for us to look at, but why us? Like We're not qualified for that storm. But what God wants to do through our yes is something that is special. Like right now, we're sitting in a room together celebrating who Jesus is. Because we couldn't help but to say yes to get into the boat and say, yeah, there is a whole bunch of storms. But it was so worth it. It was so worth it because the people in the boat with us today make every day such a blessing and such a joy. Who is in your boat matters, but most of all, the fact that Jesus is in it can give you a confidence to know that he has got you. Row your boat. Let Jesus be the influence that gets you through it though. I don't know, I just feel like somebody in here today, whatever storm that you've been going through because you said yes to Jesus, just know that he's got you. He's not surprised that there was a storm. He knew that it was gonna happen, but he's doing something in that storm that's very important. And we might not always know why in that moment, but I wonder what the disciples were thinking when they got to that other shore and saw someone have salvation. And he did it just for those two men because they got right back in the boat and left. Jesus will go through any storm to reach someone on the other side and we might go through storms with him along the way, but he's got us. But we want you to know here today, we want you to step into the boat with us and know that you don't have to go through the storms alone because we are trusting Jesus and he is guiding us through it. And we never close a service without giving someone an opportunity to step into a relationship with Jesus. Because you might be in here saying, you know what, I can feel God speaking to my heart right now. But I don't know what it means to follow Jesus. I want him in my boat. I want to hear where he's asking me to so I can get in it with him. Well, God's word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. There's no certain step process you have to go through, nothing you have to do to earn this love and this freedom and this forgiveness and this salvation that comes in Jesus. You just have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So we wanna give you an opportunity this morning to respond to that. If you have never made a decision to step into a relationship with Jesus, or maybe it's been a long time and you're saying, you know what, I just wanna step back into that and I wanna allow Jesus into my boat and I wanna trust him in it. I'm gonna to count to three in a moment. When I get to three, I just want you to shoot your hand up just to respond externally to what God's been doing internally in your heart right now. So I'm gonna ask everybody, if you could bow your head and close your eyes, we wanna make this a safe space for anybody to be able to respond. 
And when I get to three, if that's you today, just shoot your hand in the air. Because one, you need to know that Jesus died for you. Two, you will never be the same and he will never leave you or forsake you because he is with you in that boat. And three, if that's you, could you shoot your hand in the air today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, I thank you so much for those people who said yes to a relationship with you today. God, I pray that you would give them a confidence and a firm foundation in your presence that would give them the faith and the strength to get through any storm. God, we thank you that you sent Jesus to die for us. But even more than that, the fact that he is risen. God, we're sorry for where we fall short and the mistakes that we make, but we thank you that your grace and your mercy are new daily. God, we celebrate and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those people who made that decision today? Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.